Hello, and welcome to the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD. Hello, and welcome to All Things ADHD. I'm your host, Susan Booning, and my guest today is Dr. Carrie Heller, a licensed psychologist who also chairs the editorial advisory board for Chad's Attention Magazine. Welcome, Dr. Heller. Is there anything you'd like to tell us about yourself? Sure. Thanks a lot for having me. I'm happy to be here. It's definitely a fun topic to talk about. I'm a clinical psychologist in private practice in Bethesda, Maryland. I specialize in ADHD executive function issues. So certainly I do a lot both in terms of evaluation and treatment. So I think I can kind of speak to our topic today from a variety of perspectives. Thank you. So what are the challenges for men who have ADHD specifically for those who are fathers of children who also have ADHD? Sure. It's a good question. I mean, a lot of times I really think about, because ADHD can present very differently. And no matter how you identify in terms of being male, female, or anything else along those lines, it's oftentimes about the individual. But that being said, if you want to look at more from sort of maybe some common trends in men with ADHD, I would say, you know, a couple of things that I see that maybe people don't think about as much are some difficulties maintaining social connections. That, you know, while this can sometimes be an issue with men in general, I think especially ADHD, if you have a hard time being able to, to initiate plans, remember to kind of keep in touch with people and text or call or maintain those contacts, especially for people you don't see regularly. That is something with ADHD that I think can be especially challenging for men. And then in terms of being a father, and you know, same thing in a large degree would go in terms of being a mother as well, or any other kind of you know parent role, is that if you have a hard time keeping track of your own stuff in terms of staying on top of stuff, being organized, having to do all that same stuff for another person or multiple people can be even harder because it can create more stress. It can lead to forgetting to pick your kids up from school, missing deadlines, forgetting to sign permission slips, lots of different things that then have an impact not just on you in terms of how you feel about it, but on your child. So if your child, let's say, doesn't get to do a certain sport because you forgot to sign them up in time and the team is full, things like that can certainly create a lot of issues at home in terms of how you feel about yourself. And so there's a lot that certainly can create negative impacts if you're not able to manage your own stuff and those things with your kids. I think other things that I see quite a bit, and again, this is not generalized by any means to sort of all men with ADHD or all men who are with ADHD who are fathers. One thing I do see a decent amount sometimes is trouble in a career where sometimes if you're not either not maybe thriving the way that you want to be or or really just being successful at all in a career, it obviously can be embarrassing, lead to, lead to shame. But, you know, I've also seen other situations where sometimes dads with ADHD end up becoming a stay-at-home parent out of necessity because they can't maintain a career. And it's easier for, let's say, the, the other person in the family to be sort of the breadwinner in a sense. Again, that's not always true by any means. And to be very clear, many, many people with ADHD are highly successful career-wise. So I don't want to make that it, saying that that's normal by any means that fathers should stay at home. But the point is that sometimes that does happen. I mean, certainly the same thing could happen for mothers as well. But do you see that? But I think because it's maybe not as socially accepted for a father to be a stay-at-home parent, I think that creates other dynamics in terms of when it becomes a father who stays at home out of necessity, not because they want to. So true. Yeah. Now, are there any reliable statistics on the number of fathers with ADHD or of adult men with ADHD? I mean, I think it's it's hard to say in terms of statistics, because I think certainly there are statistics in terms of how many people in general have ADHD, how many you know, adults that are men have ADHD. I haven't, at least to my knowledge, I've not seen much in the way of statistics around fathers with ADHD. But so I think it, it's sort of hard. I think if you look at adult men with ADHD, figuring out whatever percentage of people would be typical to have kids of that. But I also think what's challenging too is even if someone's suddenly a father, it doesn't always mean that they're going to be directly involved in their children's life. I mean, a lot of times they are, but there are times where kids live separately or the father lives in different states. So it's not always a meaningful statistic anyway. What are the best interventions for men with ADHD? 
and also for fathers who have ADHD? Sure. I mean, in a lot of ways, it's often about identifying what are the, the primary presenting issues and problems in each person with ADHD. Since again, sometimes it can be more about the inattention, organization, Sometimes impulsivity can become a bigger issue. So looking at it more generally, while this maybe isn't the same situation for all men or fathers of ADHD, in general, I would say probably the key interventions would be psychotherapy that's focused on specific ADHD-related issues, as well as building up specific skill sets. So certainly supporting any low feelings of low self-esteem, working on problem solving for planning, organizing, getting sort of a task list set up, things like that. Or in some cases, instead of psychotherapy, ADHD coaching can be helpful in terms of more of the nuts and bolts. I think there are some therapies that do psychotherapy with ADHD that focus a lot on the practical elements and others where they're not that knowledgeable in ADHD can help with emotional peace, but maybe you're not going to be able to help with as much of the day-to-day, here's how I plan stuff out. Here's how I remember to pick my kids up from school, things like that. In addition to behavioral treatments, medication is often really beneficial. And again, everyone's different. A lot of it depends on the severity of the symptoms and each person's different in terms of what medication might work, what's appropriate based on other health issues or things like that. But it's always good to consult a psychiatrist if you're interested in medication, because certainly it can help a lot with the focus and it can help with making it easier to follow through on using various strategies and, and skills like using a task list, keeping track of stuff on a calendar. It's not going to magically give you those skills, but it may make it a little bit easier to follow through on using using them if you know what to do. And really this, these treatments are really helpful for men in general, but as well as fathers with ADHD. Because if you think about it, again, Someone with ADHD, if they have to keep track of not only their own stuff, but someone else's, being able to, even someone without ADHD, it can often be overwhelming, especially think about the beginning of the school year or other times of the year when you have to keep track of which kid has sports practice on this day. Does the timing actually work to when you end up having to be in two places at once? We I mean, can do the math on that, but usually it doesn't work that way, work well, and you have to be in two places at once. So that's where you have to be able to plan ahead to recognize that, to be able to figure out some sort of alternative option, whether it's carpooling, having another parent or a caregiver drive one of the kids, but so you have to sort look at that stuff in advance, but being able to plan that out, also factoring in what your work schedule is and how that matches up with activities, whether it's back to school night or other sort of look at everything globally. And that can be something that can be really difficult for people with ADHD, especially fathers with ADHD as well. One other intervention for parents and fathers, especially that can be helpful is parent coaching. That can be a nice way to work specifically on the parenting piece. Because there are times too where issues with ADHD can sometimes cause increased conflicts with your significant other. So if you're, whether you're co-parenting, if you're divorced or parenting if you're married, sometimes the issues with ADHD can certainly weigh on the other person after a while. Or if you both have ADHD, that can also be problematic in terms of neither of you being fully organized. But again, that's a generalization because there certainly are people with ADHD that are quite organized. So a lot of it is learning systems and figuring out ones that work for you and getting a system down. Because once you get a system down and can maintain it, in a lot of ways, you can people have the ability to compensate quite well for ADHD and limit how much it truly impacts them. I mean, again, not certainly for some, it impacts people far more than others, regardless of what strategy you use. But, but I think that there's a lot of variability and there is hope and a lot of potential to be able to make drastic changes to make things substantially better. Thank you. Can I ask you to back up just a little bit and talk about the difference between the kinds of practitioners that you mentioned, coach, psychiatrist, psychologist, just a real short kind of description or differentiation of the value of each. So a mental health professional that does psychotherapy would be potentially a psychologist, a social worker, a licensed professional counselor, the variety of different professions that do counseling or therapy. I think what you want to look at in that is someone that's specialized in HD or at least knows a lot about ADHD because like if someone's main focus is trauma, for example, 
I mean, certainly they may be able to work with ADHD quite well, but there's no guarantee. So you want to just understand what someone's background is in training, because I think sometimes if, like if someone, for example, works mostly with depression, with ADHD has depression, then that might be helpful to work on the depression piece. But just because someone's a mental health professional doesn't automatically mean that they're knowledgeable in ADHD and can work effectively with it. So psychiatrists usually prescribe medication, but there are there are some psychiatrists that do psychotherapy as well. But probably, certainly more of them just do medicine than, than psychotherapy. But there are, again, there are some that do psychotherapy as well. And then parent coach, often it's a mental health professional, like a psychologist or social worker, but there may be other possible degrees that kind of fall under that. In terms of an ADHD coach, there are some mental health professionals that do this. There are other people that are classified sort of as an ADHD coach. So there are various certification programs. I think they range a lot in terms of how in-depth they are. So it's always important, regardless of whatever someone's degree is, it's always good to look at their, at their background, training, their history and work stuff, whatever's on their website, just to get some sense of how are they coming at this. So are they someone that certainly has working knowledge of ADHD and works with it quite a bit as someone that has list ADHD on their, let's say, Psychology Today profile, but based on the rest description, seems to have absolutely no knowledge of ADHD or focus on it other than clicking a button to indicate on their profile. And again, when you start to talk to someone, interview them to work with you know, you or your kid or anyone for that matter, asking them questions about what are their experiences working with ADHD is really important because that'll start to give you some sense of do they really understand where the problems are and what you're getting at? Because even if they can be really empathic, it doesn't necessarily mean that they fully understand the complexity of what all that kind of connects with ADHD. Yeah, so that knowledge and training of ADHD ADHD is really so important. Now, I'd like to ask you a little bit about your own experience. Did you have a role model, seek information from parenting resources, or just learn through trial and error when you encountered challenges? Sure, absolutely. Certainly, I view my own parents as good role, role models in terms of parenting. I've definitely used my experiences from childhood, you know, both sort of good and bad. I mean, no one's perfect. I love my parents and they're great. But I mean, no parent, I'm not perfect. I've never met a perfect parent. And I think it's an unrealistic thing to strive for. I think it's important to strive to do the best you can within reason, but also to be realistic. In terms of other things, certainly I use my training as a psychologist, experiences I've encountered from other people, in terms of clients, just friends, other people I've talked to about various situations, things I've observed. And also a lot of it's trial and error alert. Because like I find a lot of it is each child is different. So what works for one child doesn't necessarily work for the other. You really have to understand what things do they tend to thrive, kind of use that. Because even you know having multiple kids, one kid can be very different than another in terms of what kind of interventions work. Like a reward system may work very well for one child and not work at all for another. I've also learned a lot that my own actions certainly impact how effectively things get handled. So for example, if I don't know, maybe don't choose the best time to I don't know intervene in a certain way, or I don't know, or if I'm I get if I'm not relaxed in dealing with something that all those different factors can certainly feed into sort of maybe escalating situation or not having it sort of dissipate in the way that I would sort of hope to in the moment. Thank you. I'd like to ask you a few questions that we've actually received from parents. And the first one is, as a dad who has ADHD of a teen with ADHD, what are some strategies for both of us to emotionally regulate when we are having a disagreement? As a parent, I am trying to hold my son accountable when he steps out of line, but I get emotionally charged and so does my son. And oftentimes we butt heads. Okay. This is quite, quite common in these kinds of situations when one or both people have ADHD. It can occur for other reasons as well. But my first thought in this kind of situation is almost to think about a courtroom. Because you think about a courtroom, how it's very structured. So you have each person has a turn to kind of give their opening argument. You know, there are times for a cross-examination or rebuttal. So like think about it a little bit like that with this idea of maybe having, and again, I would set this all up not in the heat of the moment, but when things are calm to plan ahead in case or for whenever the next argument 
or conflict arises, to basically have agreed upon rules for discussions and dealing with arguments. So creating structure. So for example, maybe each person has a certain number of minutes roughly to, I guess, both explain kind of what's bothering them, what's going on. The other person gets a turn and then maybe they each get a certain number of minutes to have sort of a rebuttal in a sense. And then maybe a, a plan for trying to determine some sort of conclusion. Because I think sometimes structuring it, and especially for working with kids, if they have a hard time kind of taking waiting their turn, even the idea of giving them like a toy microphone or a stick, something that sort of in case whoever's holding it gets to talk for the moment. Because the idea is if you think about either a parent going on and on about something or a talking to that too, or constantly being interrupted, that's one is going to set both people off and it's going to make it harder to actually get anywhere. And my strong suggestion would be to like have a plan where you discuss these rules ahead of time and actually write them out. So this way, you can easily have them accessible if needed when you're kind of going to an argument. Plus also, if everyone is too heated in the moment to really have that, taking a step back and having a few minutes to kind of decompress and cool down before going in to talk about stuff for both the parent and the child can often be really helpful. Hey, are there some specific strategies, treatments, or trainings that might be helpful with that emotional regulation piece? It's quite common to have that issue. It's also not something people often think about as much with ADHD, is that a lot of it has to do with trouble shifting attention. So if you're in the, if a child's in the middle of something or even an adult, and suddenly, or like a better thing, like let's say as a parent, you're in the middle of, I don't know, deal with a work email. And suddenly your kid comes in and says, I want breakfast or I want this or that. And you're startled or you just want to get this done for me and they keep hounding you. Then basically like the, the act of having to shift attention can sometimes increase the stress and trouble kind of raising emotions in the moment. So some of it is understanding what the triggers are. So like a good strategy is to plan for predict every single scenario. If there's certain triggers, whether it's in you or your child that often occur, when you have the ability to kind of do stuff differently to avoid those triggers, that can sometimes be a good starting point. But then also learning how to tolerate sort of maybe being uncomfortable in the moment with having to do something you don't want to do or being surprised by it and, you know, practicing that. I mean, the I mean, for younger kids, for example, like the zones of regulation work, that program can often be really helpful for kids. You know, they have, you know, various books you can use, some professionals use that. You know, there's even an app that kids can play where it's a game and they learn the different zones and how to regulate it through the app. I love that. that there's an app for that. So here's a variation on a question we've heard a lot, actually. We often hear from parents who are psychologists that even though they know all of the most effective strategies, when they are implementing those strategies, sometimes they encounter difficult parenting challenges. Can you describe a time when you were doing something that should work and it wasn't working? And what did you do to overcome the challenge? Or if you've had a client who faced a similar situation? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's very true. That is something that I hear quite a bit as I, and something I tell parents as well, that even if you know what you should do in the moment, it doesn't always mean that it's going to work or that you're going to be able to implement yourself as well as you would like in the moment. I mean, I think the caveat to that, though, is in the long term, knowing what you helps. Even if in the individual moment, whatever the strategy using doesn't work, the idea is by being an informed parent, that often helps, especially in the longer term. One example I can think of, this is maybe a year or two ago, I think there was a random day off from school. And so my wife and I had basically helped our older son to basically make a schedule for the day, just entertain himself while he was home. And you know, he was certainly willing to make the schedule. So he planned out the morning, but it's definitely started off going well. But then he got upset because he was hungry and he hadn't scheduled snack time in yet. So snack time wasn't for later in the morning. And then he got upset and yelled, I'm never making a schedule again. And one of the things that sort of, I think was a good learning experience from this is that I thought having us about setting us up, my intention was never to have him like stick to it exactly minute for minute. It was the idea to use it as a general guide. So it, it was a good learning experience after the fact in processing it with him and really looking at the fact that it's great to plan stuff out, but you have to have flexibility because no matter how accurately you plan stuff, there's almost always gonna be something that impacts it, it from working perfectly. Because I mean, I see that with clients quite a bit where a lot of clients are hesitant to plan because they feel like no matter what they plan, it's never gonna work perfectly. But I think you have to have flexibility in a plan. And sometimes um, you have to improvise. 
Right, exactly. And so, but I think kids also tend to internalize the idea of something you teach over time. For example, one of my kids, I remember a couple months ago, had basically was FaceTime talking to a family member and had said, I think they talked about setting up a time to speak again. And so he told the person he'd be right back and he had to go into the other room to write the time on his calendar. The, the funny thing was he didn't actually have a calendar in the other room at the time to write on it. Oh, thank you. Are there helpful resources for fathers with ADHD that you can recommend? Sure, absolutely. I mean, I think Chad in general is a really great resource. Certainly, there's a variety of stuff in the toolbox or toolkit online. There's articles in Tension Magazine on this, which are great. There's the blog. There's some parents and parent classes in general, which I think would be really helpful. I think a lot of it is figuring out a combination of what's available online as a starting point. But the thing is, each person's experiences and needs are slightly different. So you sort of have to take whatever is like a general suggestion but also I figure out how to apply it to your situation. And that's where a lot of times having a professional involved can be really helpful because just because you pull strategy from a book doesn't mean it's a good fit for you as an individual person based on your needs. Is there anything that I didn't ask that you'd like to tell us or anything in general that you'd like to say on this whole topic of bothering with ADHD? I mean, parenting in general is not always the easiest thing to do. I think when you have other challenges that add to it, it certainly can be hard and stressful. But there is definitely hope and there's definitely the ability to sort of get it together, be the father that you want to be. I think it's a matter of figuring out where where are you falling short? So looking at, is it, are you having a hard time keeping organized with stuff? Is the other parent doing a lot more because it's hard for you to to keep up with it and it's easier because maybe the other parent's more organized? But then figuring out, is it okay to kind of divide up tasks like that? Or do you really want to be taking on more in terms of the organizational piece? Yeah, but also focusing on, you know, the quality time with the child, regardless of whatever issues you have, be fully present when you're with the child and playing with them and interacting with them. That goes a long way. And sometimes having those quality interactions can sometimes offset some of the negative things that may occur. And another thing also is you know, to like sometimes use yourself and kind of almost letting yourself be a little vulnerable in terms of if you have trouble with someone, something in the moment, like if you forgot something, you know, acknowledging that to your child and like thinking about, I'm going to do this differently. Or if you're using a strategy, like let's say using Alexa to set reminders, even without making a big deal to your child or teen about demonstrating those use of strategies can sometimes rub off on kids in terms of them seeing and using it themselves. So I think that certainly is another thing to be helpful. And, you know, one final thought would also be, especially with the emotion regulation piece, parenting is like one strategy can often work really well is like, imagine that someone's watching you while you're parenting, like not in a way that's going to make you super anxious, but sometimes that thought might be enough sometimes to stop yourself from reacting strongly or yelling or something like that when you otherwise might, because chances are, if you were in public, you probably would react a little bit differently than you would in the privacy of your own home. So if you kind of imagine, what would someone say if they saw you interacting in this way? I don't know, if your child's throwing a tantrum or something, can sometimes be another way of potentially keeping you a little bit calmer in a tense situation. So true. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Dr. Heller. And I think there are so many helpful points in this for our fathers who have ADHD. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the All Things ADHD podcast from Chad's National Resource Center on ADHD.